Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 20th of July, 2023. Happy Thursday to you. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, spreading on social media and all that stuff, making it a happy COVID. Give it around, spread it around. Anyway, we have a lot to get to. Don't forget about the Curse Program, the bonus materials and whatnot, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com where you can support the show, which is much, much, much appreciated. Okay. Lots of people emailing me about my days off. And a lot of people complaining about the microphone I used yesterday. It's a $10 microphone. I think I'm mostly going to use it for uh, media appearances for myself as it plugs right into the computer. Maybe there's a way to dink around with it, make it sound better. But people are like, it sounds like uh, you're on the phone. There's switches on it. I don't know. Maybe... Hell, I don't know. I had to figure it out. That's the thing. Is uh, you just this is all trial and this is the problem with being one person taking on the world. So appreciate the feedback on that. As far as my medical thing, I'll live. I'll live, thankfully. But there are issues that have to be dealt with. So there's that. So I may miss a few more days in the future. But uh, you know, that's just the way it is. Recovery is a pain in the butt, so to speak. Anyway, we've got a lot going on, a bunch of stuff to get to, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, where do we start? What do we do? And I'm not going to play this song. I've listened to the song twice. It's a, it's just not for me. I, I, I don't have a problem with the song. I, I, the Jason Aldean song, Try That in a Small Town, is... It's a typical country, so I'm not a fan of country, so I'm the wrong arbiter of that. That being said, the outrage over it is ridiculous and a testament to just how desperate to control the narrative the left is, to control dissent, to control thought, that anybody would write a song about the BLM Antifa riots and tell them, you know, try this crap in a small town. See how that works out. Try this crap someplace where you don't have a liberal mayor saying, police, don't take any, don't do anything. You're not allowed to defend yourselves. Stay back, stay away. Try that someplace else in real America and you get your ass kicked. That's the gist of the song. Lyrically, it's, I, I find it, boring lyrically the video is interesting but now the um what do you call it the cmt the country music channel the i I would say they're the country music version of mtv but i don't even know do any of them play music videos anymore i think mtv true does occasionally but uh cmt has pulled the video why because they are, and everything is, unless it is explicitly conservative, it will be co-opted by the left, period, end of story. That's how this stuff works. So there is backlash against this, but it is a good, it's a good message in a song. And it's great that somebody had the balls to write a song like, I think it was probably a couple of drafts away from being a better song because the rhymes don't really work. And that's my main problem. I like a clever lyric, but 
To have this song banned, to have people calling it a lynching song is so stupid as to really expose the desperation of the left to control the narrative. That's what this is about. They're afraid that people are going to hear this and go, yeah, you know what? You should try that crap. I'd like to see somebody try that crap. Especially now when you watch the videos, I don't know if you see them on social media, but of this Just Stop Oil Goon Squad. They're mostly active in Europe. They're trying to get going here in the United States, but I think that I think that it would it would be a mistake to do this the way that they're doing it in Europe and the United States. Europe is much more laid back than the United States is. And when it's time to come home, when it's time to go home, there is nothing. It, it's that old squeeze song. Ain't nothing going to break in my stride. Nobody going to slow me down. I am going to plow over you morons to get home. The people in the United States are already sick of the BLM Antifa idiots when they tried this crap of blocking freeways and everything. And a couple of people got killed. And, you know, too bad. It's horrible for their families and nobody deserves to die. But if you are not Mean Joe Green in Smoking the Bandit Part 2, if you try to pack a, tackle a car, you're going to lose. There's a deep cut reference for you. I don't know why. It's just Burt Reynolds movies. But uh, yeah, in, in Smoking the Bandit Part 2, the bandit was talking to Terry Bradge. For some reason, they were practicing at like a high school. The uh, Steelers and uh, Smokey comes running in behind him in the car and uh, bandit asks for help. Terry Bradshaw turns to Mean Joe Green and says, Hey, Joe, tackle that car. I don't know why I remember this scene like I just saw it yesterday. But, hey, tackle that car. And he does. He goes and he tackles the car, tips it over. Not, you can't do, Unless you're Mean Joe Green, you are going to lose to that. So if you're going to play Red Rover on a freeway in the United States, it's not going to end well. And we're already seeing in the U.K. the repercussions, ramifications, and implications of these morons... And the police, the idiot mayor, the idiot mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, I think his name is, is, you know, they tolerate this crap. They tolerate this crap. Go ahead and block traffic. Okay. You can slowly move people. They have a right to protest. They, I love how they have this right to protest that's absolute. And uh, you don't have a right to not be essentially imprisoned by them. And people are now getting, since the police are not allowed, seemingly to get these idiots out of the street. The people are taking it upon themselves. So they're getting out of their cars and they're dragging these people. Some people are being dragged by their hair. They're being picked up and thrown on concrete. The people are really sick of this. And the more that it happens and the longer the police are instructed by the political class, by the left-wing political class, to stay out of the way, to let these people protest the more likely it is that somebody's going to die. If I were at an art museum and I saw somebody smearing paint on a piece of art the way that these idiots do in Europe, they're mostly thankfully covered in, in glass so they can't actually harm the painting, and then gluing themselves to pieces of art, I couldn't promise that I wouldn't at least forcefully rip their hand off the wall in a way that would probably make them bleed. So I'm glad that it hasn't happened near me because there's a possibility if you start fighting with these idiots that you're just going to hit one of them. Something is going to go wrong. 
And it's not going to, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, it's the fault of the person who does it. They lost control. No, it is the people who really lost control. It is the political class who have lost control. Control is order. Order is not controlling your ability to do things. Order is, these are the rules. You don't obey them. There are penalties for disobeying them. But you can do a lot within those rules. And you can even exceed those rules as long as you don't impede other people's freedoms. These people impede other people's freedoms constantly. And people don't like, even in Europe, they don't like having their freedoms impeded. So they will start beating the hell out of them in Europe. If Just Stop Oil starts doing this crap here in the United States, they will get people killed. They're going to do it in a major city that is a Democrat-controlled city where the police are very tolerant because of orders of the left-wing mayor and the George Soros prosecutor and making this. It's a minor crime. It's less than jaywalking. It's no big deal. And sooner or later, somebody's going to run them over or beat the hell out of them, or they're going to get somebody killed because there's going to be an ambulance, there's going to be a medical emergency, and they're not going to move because the traffic jam will be too big for them to know what's going on. And when confronted with it, they still won't care. It's just how, I mean, these people are idiots. They don't care about anything. I'm not going to cry for them when something horrible happens to them. I'm warning them right now, don't do this. If after a certain number of times you're telling somebody, don't touch that, it's hot, they touch it and burn themselves, I lose any and all sympathy for them. Any and all sympathy for them. And this seems to be what the left wants to do. They want the violence. They desperately want people to, their protesters, to have the crap beaten out of them. Because why? Because that will justify a clapdown. That will justify a uh, movement by the police. Look, we've got to protect these people. We've got to go after anybody. You know, what you saw what, when what was going on in the schools was exposed during COVID. All this disgusting trans crap and all this sexual discussion in elementary school, all this was exposed. Parents got rightly pissed off and they started showing up at school board meetings. It's, what the hell's going on here? Well, that's when the police got involved. There wasn't violence. There was a threat to the liberal narrative. So these political leaders in these left-wing areas sent the police there, and the board was able to declare themselves feeling threatened. It's weird how your right to protest is absolute when it's out on the street and inconveniencing everybody else. No matter what the cause, you can block traffic, even though it's illegal to block traffic. You can block traffic because you have an absolute right to protest. But when it comes to going to a government meeting, either of the city council or the school board, your right to even be heard somehow is curtailed should somebody in the government and they always do, feels threatened, they can shut down your right to do anything you want. Isn't that weird? Go ahead and disrupt the little people, block the little people's pathway home, but come here and tell me that you don't appreciate genderqueer being assigned reading to your first grader, and suddenly you are a threat that needs to be silenced. They're cutting meetings short, they're dismissing people and they're calling in the police who won't unblock traffic 
The police are not there to unblock traffic, but the police are there to make sure that the father of a girl who was raped in the bathroom is not able to talk about how his daughter was raped in the bathroom by a trans student on camera. They shut it down in Virginia just before that guy got a chance to talk, not by accident, by design. All of this leads to a bad place. And while ironically, these people are running around going, what? Oh, those right-wingers, they're fascists. They're fascists. Oh, these right-wingers, they're fascists. They're fascists. They're fascists. Somewhere over in Spain, there's an, an uh, election coming up. And uh, uh, the headline that, of the story I saw about it was that the, the far right stands to make gains in Spain that it hasn't seen since Francisco Franco. For those of you who don't know, because why the hell would anybody know the history of Spain? The uh, dictator Francisco Franco was a fascist. He was, I believe he was the longest fascist power holder in all of the world. At the time of Hitler, at the time of of, uh, Mussolini, those guys faded away. Fascism went out of favor, except in Spain, where Francisco Franco had a 40-year reign. And then you sit there, and I thought about the headline, and I've talked about this a lot. Oh, the right wing, they're coming into power. Francisco, since Francisco Franco, the fascist. And I thought, in what world, how perverted do you have to be to look at a fascist and think that's right wing, to look at any totalitarian and think that's right wing. The idiots on The View, I'm not going to bother you with the audio of that today. Uh, you're welcome. But Whoopi Goldberg, we've never been closer to dictatorship and totalitarianism because of Trump and DeSantis. They're both evil totalitarian dictators in waiting. Now, explain to First of all, Trump had power and then he left. Right? That's, that's not exactly a hallmark of a dictator. A dictator doesn't go, well, well, the people have spoken. That's not how dictators work. Whoopi wasn't asked because she's dealing with people whose IQ is roughly in line with their shoe size, and none of them have any idea what they're talking about. They are incredibly dumb people. But just the idea, a right-wing dictator, and you hear this all the time, right-wing strongmen in countries where they're imposing socialism, essentially, but they're using the military and they're, they're, they're all about themselves, but they all couch it under socialism. We're doing this because it's unfair. We're taking power from the powerful and we're giving it to the people. Hugo Chavez wrapped himself in the, I'm doing this for the people crap while he was the only person getting rich. Well, his daughter is like one of the richest people in South America now after he kicked the bucket, but he was all about the people. And you have to sit there and you have to ask the question. And nobody in the media either asks the question or they pray to God that nobody does. Of How do you explain right wing as totalitarian? If you just think about it logically as a straight line, the political political, uh, line right there, the left is the left, the right is the right. You start off in the middle, and that's where we need some government, but I don't like a lot of government. That's that's the middle. I don't want too much government. You move toward the left, and the size and scope and power of government grows significantly. It's what it is. They're the side that wants more government, telling people what they can and can't do, 
mandating and dictating behavior and banning things they don't like. So the size and scope of government grows exponentially as you go to the left. On the right, the side of we want smaller government, constitutionally limited republic. So therefore, you start off in that middle with that moderate-sized government, whatever you think it is, and the further you go to the right, the smaller it gets the less of a role government plays in your life. But to hear these leftist morons in the press talk about it, suddenly, when you go out far enough on the right, there's this anomaly, this blip, where it goes off the charts, huge, giant, all-powerful government. And that's where right-wing strongmen and right-wing dictators and fascism live. Forget the fact that fascism, social policy, is pretty much in line with socialists, communists, and everything. Forget that stuff. Don't even bother with that. They just don't want to take ownership of Hitler. Although if you go back to the 1930s and you look at what the progressives in the West were saying about Hitler before he started invading countries, they were jealous of Hitler and Mussolini. They really were big fans of Adolf Hitler. They thought about the promise of Adolf Hitler. If Adolf Hitler had just been more patient, he could have easily won over the left in this country to his side and probably formed some sort of alliance like he did with the Soviet Union. True story. They suddenly started burying all their quotes. The one useful thing that Jonah Goldberg ever did was document all of this in uh, liberal fascism. But it is weird how they just pretend that you go far enough to the right and then suddenly it's totalitarian extremism like the world has never seen. That instinct, that power, that concept is exclusively on the left in this country. Now, you go far enough on the right, you're going to get anarchy, the absence of government. You're going to get a lot of things people are afraid of and you should be afraid of, in my opinion. But that's the extreme right, is no government, not super strong government, not powerful government. It's asinine to think anything different, yet so many of these ass clowns in the intelligence, intelligentsia in media act as though, well, these right-wingers, they're total, Ron DeSantis is just as big a dictator as Donald Trump. What did Donald Trump try to make people do? You can piss and whine and moan and think whatever you will about the way he handled the 2020 election loss, but what did he try to do as president that forced anybody to do anything? Think about it. Did he try to impose anything that forced anybody to do something else? He didn't. I guess you could say, technically, he forced people to keep more of their own money with his tax cuts, but they were free to send that to the government anyway. There was nothing. Now, what is it that the left is trying to force people to do? They're trying to force parents to comply with the state's dictates when it comes to the social contagion of transgenderism. Are they not? California is trying to make it a crime where you could lose custody of your children should you not support your child's delusions about whether they're a boy or a girl or not. That's not, they're trying to, Republicans are trying to force their morality on it. They're not trying to force their morality on anybody. They're saying you can't do this to kids. All right. You can't give kids beer. You can't give kids cigarettes or vape or drugs. You can't 
screw them. You can't touch them. You can't hit them. You can't, you can't do anything. The state has a vested interest in protecting children. It's long been established. But suddenly the state has a vested interest in letting children harm themselves? Parents are charged with protecting their children from anything and everything. If a parent believes or knows, recognizes the common sense aspect that a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl and you're going to have to get used to this and get over whatever you're feeling, the state jumps in there because it's protecting the child. From what? You're protecting the child from the parent. Who has a more, who has more interest in the well-being of a child, the long-term well-being of a child? The parent or a bureaucrat. A bureaucrat will never meet the child. A politician who will use them as a puppet. Which one? Parents? I think it's the parents, right? Don't you? Yet that's being turned on its head in left-wing states. If you can have the state jump in and come in on the side of genital mutilation and sterilization of a child... What's the justification for them not coming in and saying, well, you, you, you see these cases all the time where kids got a hold of their parents' drugs, got a hold of fentanyl, got a hold of heroin, whatever, and the parents end up getting charged. It's an outrage. The kid who brought a gun to school recently and shot a teacher, I think, in Virginia. The mom was charged with leaving her weed laying around and access to the kids. And leaving, Well, what's the... What's the justification? If you can say you can mutilate, the state can force you to allow your child to mutilate their body. What's the justification against anything? There isn't any. This just happens to be the flavor of the month. There's something really interesting I want to play for you. I found this audio fascinating when it comes to the transgender issue. This is, you know, every once in a while you sit there and you say, I hadn't thought of it in that way. And I guess I hadn't, I, I mean, I hadn't, but it's the way I've thought about abortion. When I talk about the left and their love of abortion, my God, they love abortion. These activists out there, they, they get so giddy for abortion. They shout your abortion. There's a have pride in your abortion. Tell everybody. And they seem to be encouraging people to have abortions. And I've said this before, and I think it bears repeating, especially in this context. That strikes me as somebody who's done something that they regret. They'll never admit that they regret it, but they're trying to normalize it. They're trying to make themselves believe what they say. Make themselves believe what they say by trying to get as many people as possible to do it. The more people who do it, the more people they know who do it, the more normal it is. And therefore, the feelings that they have about what they've done can be lessened, right? I did something horrible. But if everybody's doing something horrible, is it really horrible? Because I, I just don't understand. What else would cause anybody to dedicate their lives to making sure that other women not only can have abortions, but do? It's just a bizarre thing to dedicate your, like how devoid of meaning does your life have to be for that to be what it's dedicated to? Well, this woman is, uh, she used to be a reporter. Her name's Helen Joyce. She was being interviewed somewhere. I don't know where. This is just a clip from it. 
She, uh, her website says she's a journalist between 2005 and 2022. She's a staff writer at The Economist, held a bunch of jobs, including education editor, Brazil correspondent, international editor, finance editor, and Britain editor. Then she wrote a book in July of 2021, Trans, When the Ideology Meets Reality. She says, I'm a feminist. In early 2022, I took a leave of absence from The Economist to work on a startup human rights organization, Sex Matters, which campaigns for clarity about the two sexes, male and female, in law and in life. In early 2023, I decided to continue my campaigning work rather than return to The Economist. goes on from there. Her website is thehelenjoyce.com. I want you to listen to this clip. It's just over two minutes long. She makes the case that I make about abortion, but she makes it in a very personal way about parents. And it's absolutely true because you sit there and you see these people who are like, oh, trans rights or women's rights or human rights and trans women are women and blah, 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 blah. And if you dig down deep enough, there's always, they've got skin in the game. You'll find that skin in the game. And that skin in the game is there. It's not just, you know, oh, they're putting little Billy in a dress. It goes deeper than that. It goes way deeper than that with these parents. And she explains, Helen Joyce does, why it is that these people can't. They simply can't. Unlike most other of these social contagion movements, these people who are the most vocal and most dedicated can't admit they were wrong. Here it is. Can't move on on this um, because that's the people who've transitioned their own children. So those people are going to be like, you know, the Japanese soldiers who were on Pacific Islands and didn't know the war was over. Right. They've got to fight forever. This is why this is another reason why this is the worst, worst, worst social contagion that we'll ever have experienced. A lot of people have done the worst thing that you could do, which is to harm their children irrevocably because of it. Those people will have to believe that they did the right thing for the rest of their lives, for their own sanity and for their own self-respect. So they'll still be fighting. And each one of those people destroys entire organizations and entire friendship groups. Like I've lost count of the number of times that somebody has said to me of a specific organization that has got turned upside down on this. Oh, the deputy director has a trans child or, you know, oh, the journalist on that paper who does special investigations has a trans child or whatever. The entire organization gets paralyzed by that one person. And it may not even be widely known at the organization that they have a trans child, but it will come out like people will have sort of said it quietly and now you can't talk truth in front of that person and you know you can't because what you're saying is you as a parent have done a truly like human rights abuse yes, level of like... awful thing to your child that cannot be fixed. There are specific individuals who are really actively against women's rights here and it's not known why they are but I happen to know through the back channels that it's because they've trans their child. And so those people will do anything for the entire rest of their lives to destroy me and people like me because people like me are a standing reproach to them. I don't want to be. I'm not talking directly to them. I don't spend my time bitching about them. But the fact is that just simply by saying we will never accept natal males in women's spaces, well, it's their son that we're talking about. And they've told their son that he can get himself sterilised and destroy his, his um, sexual function and women will accept him as a woman. And if we don't, there's no way back for them and their child. They've sold their child a bill of goods that they can't deliver on and I'm the one who has to be bullied to try to force me to deliver on it 
So that so those people are going to be the people who will keep this bloody movement going. I'm sorry to say, because they've everything to lose, and it's a fight to the death as far as they're concerned. It's so brilliant and so right. I hadn't thought of it. I'm ashamed that I hadn't thought of it. But these people, they have to be pot committed to it. They bought in for whatever reason. They were sold a bill of goods by some psychologist, some left-wing activist, some whatever, some organ, some teacher, whatever it was. Somebody brought this up to their kid and they, they just went all in. And they have to stay all in if they've gone too far, if they reach the point of no return, if they've started the hormone therapies and the drugging or, God forbid, had surgical procedures done, that stuff is irreversible. They have to forever play that game. They have to forever insist that what they did was right. Because the alternative is, my God, what did I just do to my child? What have I done? That sort of what have I become mentality that I can't imagine anybody really wanting to face, anybody really being able to face. How would you look at yourself in the mirror? How would you look at your child in the mirror? If your child, what do you do later on in life? If your child wakes up, detransitions, and it's too late. We see, I've played you clips on this show of people who've detransitioned, who, you know, they've forever altered their body and they feel terrible about it. I haven't seen anything from their parents, but what about these parents? They're like, oh, Charlize Theron has three kids or two kids, whatever. They're all trans or two thirds of them are trans or whatever the hell it is. Like something just bizarre and beyond the realm of possibility. But if they go through and they have various surgeries and whatever, and then the they get to be 15 years old. You're like, wait a second. No, 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 no. I've just taken hormones for a long time. But now, you know what? I dig that chick over there and I, I like, well, it could be too late. What do you do? What does that parent say to themselves? And it's always, you know, Charlie Theron is a big trans LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ alphabet mafia activist. You can see why. She's sold herself on this. If something upsets that, then she will have, if somebody wakes her up, if, some, if she recognizes that this is a social contagion, then she will have, she'll have to look at herself and go, what have I done to my children for these last few years? What have I, what normal, what average, what, what fun experience have I robbed my children of during this time? How is that, what do you do? Where, where does she go? She can't. She can't entertain. It's not even admit. These people can't entertain openly the idea that they're wrong. You see them like Fox profiled uh, a kid, a family with a trans kid. And like, oh, these are conservative parents, but they come to realize and blah, 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 blah. No. Once you shove your chips into the corner and the center of the table, you're in. It doesn't matter what your politics are. It doesn't matter where you're coming at it from. You're in. Or else you simply will not be able to live with yourself. 
period, end of story. No two ways about it. I found that, that video, that audio, fascinating. It's, I've tweeted it out if you want to see it for yourself, if you want to share it on social media. Um, God, I just... I'm going to finish on this. And I don't know how long I'm going to go on this because this is one of those things where you could do a whole show on it, but I don't want to do a whole show on it. I don't want to go on too long, but it's just one of those things where you sit there and you go, this is, this is everything wrong with society, with government. This is where Chris Murphy, Connecticut Senator, Democrat, of course, he tweets out today, quote, news. I'm introducing a groundbreaking bill, the National Strategy for Social Connection Act. It creates a federal office to combat the growing epidemic of American loneliness, drops anti-loneliness strategies, or develops anti-loneliness strategies, and fosters best practices to promote social connection. Now, it's... The concept behind it, if he had just personally decided that he was going to, you know, make this his personal crusade, that'd be fine. It's probably necessary, given how disconnected we are as a society and how social media has made us simply antisocial. So many of us, anyway. But this is not the job for government. This is not something government can do. Now, here's the strategy for Social Connection Act. The Surgeon General recently declared an epidemic of loneliness and isolation in the United States, noting that social isolation and loneliness pose a significant risk to individual health and longevity, create economic costs for individuals and communities, and decrease community resilience, safety, and economic prosperity. The National Strategy for Social Connection is a simple roadmap to begin addressing this epidemic by naming the problem, developing solutions, educating the public about best practices, and improving data about the scope of the problem. The bill would establish an office within the executive office of the president to combat loneliness and strengthen communities. See, now, the concept of, hey, we've got to get off these, we need to connect with real human beings in real life would be great. It's a little ironic coming from the party that says, you're this skin color, you go over there. You're that skin color, you go over there. You're only allowed to think of this way. You're only allowed to think of this way. The attorney general, former Democrat member of the House of Representatives, attorney general of Minnesota, recently called Clarence Thomas an Uncle Tom by comparing him to the character that Samuel L. Jackson played in Django Unchained. It'd be a little more sincere if... These people were not such scumbags who did nothing but divide people in every way, shape, and form. The people who foster, who spread the manure to fertilize the ground of hatred for different thoughts, especially for people with different skin colors. They don't really hold a whole lot of credibility in my mind when it comes to we need to worry about making sure that people don't have the sads. So having said, he wants to establish this office, God knows what the budget will be, to create an office of social connection policy to advise the president on loneliness and isolation and how these issues relate to the economy, public health, national security, the environment, and civic and community engagement. Sounds a lot like the way they set up climate change. We're setting this up to find out all the ways that climate change does this, that, and the other thing. 
what if climate change doesn't do this, that, or that? It doesn't matter. There's nobody going to go, you know what? We looked for climate change in these things and we couldn't find it. So your best bet is to just shut us down as an office and put us all out of work. That never happens. They will keep finding new and creative ways to need to continue to look for things that they never found in the first place. It's like the debate over climate change is over. Well, then why are we still studying it? Why are we still studying the effects and the causes? And what, if, if it's over, if we know everything about it, then it seems to me like we could save a whole lot of money across it, academia and government by ceasing further study of that which we already know. Right? They aren't about to do that. They just don't want discussion. They don't want debate. They don't want anybody questioning their authority. They are very Eric Cartman when it comes to such things. Next, form an advisory council within the office to convene stakeholders and work across federal developments and agencies to develop effective strategies to improve social infrastructure, quality of life, and community engagement in the United States. An advisory council. All right, get stakeholders. It'll all be left-wing activists. It'll all be various groups who will sit there and do what? They will come in and say, there is a lot of anti-this and anti-us and anti-everybody things on social media, and we need to curtail them because it's making people feel disconnected. It's making people feel scared. And so they will end up recommending not government action because they won't be able to do it, but they will recommend to social media companies that they desperately need to police their content better. Didn't we just go through that? Aren't they, isn't the Biden administration currently catching hell for silencing people by proxy by using the social media companies to strip Americans of their First Amendment rights? Chris Murphy just wants to do that in a different way. That require a national strategy on social connection. The office would develop a government-wide strategy to integrate social connection policy across federal departments and agencies such as transportation, housing, health, education, and labor to promote connection and strengthen communities. All this means is they want to force you into cities and they want to make you use public transportation and not your own car. Ultimately, that's what it will mean. It's another way that the environmentalists are doing. Democrats don't do anything by accident. This is what they want. Hey, ride share. We'll all ride share or ride trains together. That way we'll connect. If we can get more people to, if we put more bike lanes to make traffic unbearable, we can get more people onto trains and it'll make everything better. Improve public education and awareness on social connection. Similar to existing national guidelines on nutrition, we all know how well that food pyramid worked out for everybody, sleep and physical activity, the office would issue research-based best practices on how to better engage and connect with our local communities. Well, is this about lonely people or is this about communities? Communities exist. Some people choose not to participate in them. I am sort of one of those people who chooses generally not to participate in those sorts of things. Does that mean I get a pass? Does that mean that government I get special attention? Is government going to come get me and say, hey, the community yard sale, you didn't participate with enough vigor. What the hell does this mean? It doesn't mean anything. It just means more government involvement in there, in our communities. Now, communities, your local communities are not your local communities how you think them. When a Democrat talks about community, they're talking about your sexual orientation, your skin color and other things like that. 
That's it. That's what they're doing. That's how they divide people. That's how they mean these words. Support continued research and improved data on social disconnection and loneliness. Continued research. This is the funding of left-wing academia. Bogus studies is the same thing they do on the trans issue, on the global warming issue, on every issue. We need more studies. We need more studies. Well, the government funds these studies. Guess what conclusion these studies always come up with? They come up with the solution, quote unquote, that the government wants in the first place. Well, this uh, new study funded by the government conducted by the university of sucking up to the government has discovered that what the world needs is bigger government and more studies funded by an ever larger government well there you go problem solved lastly it says provide consistent sustainable funding funding it's all about the money to support the centers for disease control and prevention's research on social connection loneliness and social infrastructure. This is, if you're up in Connecticut, this is what your United States Senator is focused on like a laser beam. I mean, I guess things must be going great up there in Connecticut for your Senator to waste as much time and energy on this as he has over the years. He's now finally put it apparently into legislation. He says it's a bill. This is just a summary. Um, it's not, it shouldn't ever go anywhere. It's not the job of the federal government. But realistically, if Chris Murphy really cared about this, he would be out there. He wouldn't be doing it on Twitter, which is where he announced this, ironically enough. He would be out there in the real world talking to people about what they need to do in order to connect with other people and the dangers. Uh, it's not just, don't worry, don't argue about the dangers of not connecting with other people. Talk about the rewards of connecting with other people. There are risks, too. People are going to let you down, etc., etc. But there are rewards. It's, it's much more enjoyable to laugh with a group of friends than to laugh by yourself. So there are ways to do these things if Chris Murphy is sincere, but I look at this as a Trojan horse to help the left wing get more of their agenda advanced. And I promise you there are going to be idiot Republicans in the United States Senate, a few, who will look at this and go, we really should do something along these lines. We have to do something. I'm Lisa Murkowski, and one of my grandchildren told me that they did not understand this. And too many people are watching the pornography on the Internet, and we've got to find a way to make sure that everybody connects. So I will support this piece of legislation. And far enough down the road, who the hell knows, it could get passed anyway. What constitutional business does it have? None. But given what our government has become, the constitutional test is more of a chuckle at this point than anything else. Anyway, that's what's happening in your world today. That and it's hot as hell. I love it. It's summer. It's hot as hell. It's good. You notice these stories. It's 128 degrees out in Death Valley. They don't say, or a record-breaking heat wave. In the length of time, maybe it is. But the hottest temperature ever recorded was also recorded in Death Valley. I believe it was 1913, and it was 135, if I remember correctly. It was significantly more than 128. Not that I'm sniffing at 128. 128 is hot as hell. But it's all in how you frame these things. 
You break a new record. They say it's break a new record. If they say if they don't say it broke a new record for the hottest, then they find another creative way to try and imply that it did by saying record breaking heat wave. Well, it's the heat isn't the operative part of there. It's the wave that is the operative part, meaning the length. Okay, it's a hot spell. It's also July in summer in Death Valley, a desert. Anyway, just be aware of all this crap because I'm sure we'll have to talk about it more coming up. It's how the left works. They are very, very shifty with their language. They're not stupid. They're evil. There's a big, big difference. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Tomorrow is mercifully Friday. Check out patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Appreciate the hell out of the support. It is much appreciated and much needed. So thank you for that. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow to let you know what the hell happens between now and then because God knows the possibilities for stupid are endless. Thank you. 